This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What up, everybody? Welcome back to Round Ball Stew, week 20. I'm joined with Raphael Johnson. I'm Dan Titus from Yahoo Sports. Want to encourage you guys, if you're in the chat, please hit us up with your questions. We know it's crunch time. Fantasy playoffs are right around the corner for most public leagues. So we definitely want to give you some insight um, and uh, make sure that you guys are ready for take home this championship. But Raph, what's good, bro? How was your how was your week? Anything crazy that going that went on? No. Uh, well, actually, you know, obviously, those of you who may follow college basketball, you got conference tournaments going on. Um, oh, yeah. And I'm in a fantasy league where throughout the course of a season, we draft teams. And based on how they do in the NCAA tournament, or even if they win the NIT, you get points. And the, hmm. the winner wins a good amount of cash. I was lucky enough to win last year. Um, nice. But it's always fun when you watch one of your draft picks, in my case, Eastern Washington, get bounced from their conference tournament on a buzzer beater from about 30 oh. feet out. Oh. So. Yeah, they won't be in a tournament, so I won't gain any points from there. But, yeah, conference tournament time, NCAA tournament time, and obviously fantasy NBA playoffs right around the corner, too, like you said. Yeah, that sounds like fun um, on that college conference tournament because um, I don't really get into March Madness until, like, yeah. I don't know, next week when I'm filling out my bracket. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, like having having a sense of, you know, paying attention to the conference championship, you usually get a good read on who could take that momentum into the tournament, stuff like that. So that's actually pretty cool. Um and you're playing with house money now, I'm assuming. How long have you been doing that since you took home the, the prize last year? Been I've been in it three years. The first okay. year, I, I was lucky enough to pick the national champion, which was Baylor. So I won some money back. But the big one's getting all those points from your teams doing well in the tournament. So Yeah, yeah. I see that. And, uh, yeah, so we're here to talk about fantasy basketball. Um, obviously, you got to talk about the the most – probably the most popular story in the NBA right now, John Morant, and what's going on with him. Um, obviously he's not going to be back with the team for quite some time. He's checked into rehab now. So hopefully he gets better, gets the help he needs to, to get back on the court. Cause he's one of the most exciting polarizing players in the NBA. But, uh, as fantasy managers, we gotta, we gotta look forward and move on. Yeah. So what does that mean for Tyus Jones going forward? Tyus Jones to the moon. Yeah. You know, we've seen this before with, with jazz injuries in the past where Tyus Jones steps in. Uh, the, the production improves, and it doesn't come at the expense of turnovers. I think ever since his high school days, he's been a lead at taking care of the basketball. Right. So, you know, he's 55% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, which is way too low given the situation and the fact that we don't know exactly when John Morant's going to be back, if he's going to be back this season or even before fantasy playoffs are done. So, obviously, Tyus Jones, if he's still available in your league, I, I'm not going to get disrespectful and question the validity of your league, but he needs to be picked up. <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's going. You, you got he's probably not available in most leagues. I, yeah. I, I would definitely question that credibility as well. But um, yeah, you can't can't say enough how good Tyus Jones is, and you know we you talked to that assist to turnover ratio. He's second in the NBA, on to Monty Morris at only at almost five point one uh, to one. So that's just crazy. Um, 
in terms of a point guard that handles the ball, that's going to be seeing more opportunities. Like you want someone that can take over the ball and not actually hurt you in that category. Like many other people do with that kind of usage, but it's just been really impressed. It's been really impressive on what Tyus Jones has done this season compared to previous seasons when John Morant's missed games um, last year, 38 games without John Morant. You know, he was he was solid, 13 yeah. points, around six, seven assists. But now it's like jumped to 19 points and almost eight dimes. So, you know, I think you can expect a lot from Tyus Jones, like league winning potential type of thing um, down the stretch here. But then also on Memphis, news came out. I don't know why these headphones can't stay in my ears today. Um, <laughs> Brandon Clark tore his Achilles, brutal injury for them. Um, they were already obviously dealing with Steven Adams being out with his injury his PCL injury, and he's still not ready to return. He's been doing five-on-five court work, but, you know, there's been no official timetable. So do you think that Xavier Tillman is actually a player that's going to hold value uh, for the the at least the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I believe so. Um, before the Clark injury, you could kind of justify not picking up Tillman. But now that that's happened, like you mentioned, Steven Adams is still without, like, a clear timeline, even though he's done a bit more in practice recently. I think Xavier Tillman's a guy. I don't know if I can really trust Santi Aldama, even though he's going to have more opportunities. I think Tillman, he had a double-double last night in their loss to the Lakers. Effective rebounder, good field goal percentage. He's not going to be too much out of character offensively. So I think he's someone that you should pick up right now if he's available. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Xavier Tillman is definitely the add along with Tyus Jones. But let's talk about Dylan Brooks while we're here. God, did you watch that game last night? Just brick yes. after brick after brick. I can't roster him, man. I don't care about his opportunity with Ja out. Like, he's just not – he's not an efficient player. He'll give you some steals, but I don't know. He's definitely more of a real-life player, and I don't even know if that's going to hold without yeah. Ja um, there. So I, I could see definitely Memphis starting to climb down this this Western Conference race, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But, yeah, you're not picking up Dylan Brooks, are you? No. Um <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a hard, hard situation. He didn't have any other stats outside of the points last night, and he shot it poorly. So if you're not going to get someone steals or, or defensive stats or assists in that spot, you're not really of good use fantasy-wise. And with Ja out, having more shots available, I think that's the worst possible thing for Dylan Brooks. He's already shooting below 40%. It's probably going to get worse before it gets better with him there. Yep, I agree with that. Let's talk about Damian Lillard for a second, because over the last month, he's number one in fantasy per game value, averaging 38 points per game uh, with with almost seven rebounds and seven assists. I mean, I would say I think it's pretty clear this is the best season Dame's ever had. And what's even more crazy is that they may not make the playoffs as a result of this. Uh, But, yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on we might as well just stick with the Blazers real quick. Um, Anthony Simons out with an ankle injury. Um, re- he aggravated that that mm-hmm. ankle. So, I mean, we could see Damian Lillard probably be one of the most important players down the stretch here, along with Joel Embiid, you know, Nikola Jokic, those types of players. Yeah, he's definitely in that class heading into fantasy playoff time. Um, you know, beyond that, maybe Cam Reddish is someone that people will finally be able to trust. Not so much wow. in terms of crazy, right? Production. Yeah, yeah, not so much in terms of production because that's still kind of a roller coaster, but. They're going to need his scoring, and he's going to play plenty. Uh, Matisse Thibault, he's starting as well. The defensive stats, what you're looking for with him. But, yeah, it's going to be a lot of Dame and a lot of Jeremy Grant down the stretch, too, for Portland. 
Yeah, I wrote about Matisse Thibel earlier this week. I was really surprised to see how much he's taken that leap from the three-point yeah. line, averaging almost mm-hmm. five per game or attempts, five attempts per game yeah. and making at a 46% clip, which is it makes me wonder as a Sixers guy, you know, in my past, mm-hmm. why you couldn't, you know, explore those options and given him more opportunities to shoot. But I think it's just a it's more of the the chemistry with that team. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, Matisse Thibel is not going to be someone you're going to be relying on when you don't have to, but the Portland Trailblazers are just so injury riddled right now that, you know, they have to go through those depths of their roster to get value. But yes, you know, threes and steals, I think Matisse Thibel is still worth rostering. And we'll get to the injuries a little bit later, but I just saw in a report that Yusuf Nurkic was upgraded to questionable. Mm-hmm. So do you think does that, does that change the landscape at all for you, for Drew Eubanks? Anything, any expectations you have for Nurkic coming back here, especially because they're going to need him, you know, if they're going to try to make this this run for the play-in tournament? I think they're going to have to take the slow play approach with, with Nurkic. Um, he tried, he kind of rushed back from the initial calf injury and ended up aggravating it. So I think for that reason, even with him fighting to get into a playoff spot or a play-in tournament spot, they're going to have to take it easy with him. Uh, Eubanks hasn't been great fantasy-wise. You know, he's been dependable enough where you can justify having him on your roster, but he really hasn't jumped off the page. So I think I would lean towards letting him go when Nurkic gets back, even if there's probably going to be a minutes restriction of some sort, I believe. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um, Joel Embiid. 30, averaging 34 points per game over the last two weeks. I mean, he's not rebounding that much. I think it's been kind of surprising. He's had, what, seven and five rebounds over the last yeah. couple of games. But, I mean, the efficiency from where he's shooting from the field, you know, over 60% um, over those games, he's just been dominant. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. there's no other way to put it, just straight-up dominant. But I would like to see a little bit more effort, you know, on the on the glass there. But he's doing the defensive – he's getting defensive stats too, so it's not all of a loss. But um, he's just been absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, has your position changed at all between him and Jokic in the, play, in the MVP race? Yeah, that's a good question. I'm trying to ignore the MVP conversation, to be honest. <laughs> so much, so much banter. It's just so gotten much. so toxic, man. Like, But – I think yeah. those are those are two of the clear favorites. Um, I lean towards Jokic, but I can see a good argument for Embiid as well. Um, I just want us to get to a point where we don't have to knock down one in order to prop up the other, and that doesn't seem to be happening, so I'd just rather ignore it at this point. Yeah, the ESPN discourse, you can miss me yeah. with that. Um, <laughs> but let's talk about something that actually brings you joy, and that's the New York Knicks. And – I want to talk about Emmanuel quickly first because he just made a gigantic leap up the sixth man of the year. He's now the favorite for the award after the Knicks reeled off, what, nine wins in a row at one point. Did lose to the Charlotte Hornets the other night, but, you know, it was pretty much a letdown spot. They're about to take this road trip. Got some nationally televised games. Do you think that your Knicks have turned the corner and you're going to surprise in the playoffs? Because this is the thing, man. Like, I have so many Knicks fans or Knicks fans, Knicks friends, in my group chat, sending me literally every blog post, you know, every every hot take that's now just coming to to the the to eat crow for um, the slander for the Knicks in the beginning of the season to where they're at now is just really amazing to see. I actually think it's great because I was actually a fan of the Jalen Brunson move. Mm-hmm. I thought he was supremely underpaid. Um, I knew he was just going to make a difference, but I think Emmanuel quickly and Mitchell Robinson have been the the biggest, you yeah. know. Uh, benefactors, at least right now in this stretch mm-hmm. run. So give me your thoughts on on quickly and, and Mitchell Robinson real quick. 
I'm kind of wondering if the odds makers are trying to take people for a few dollars here, um, because as good as quickly as Ben yeah. say that the last 40 so some odd games of the season, I don't know if he's that much better and say even a Malcolm Brogdon, I think as well as he's played off the bench in Boston, um, I'm not entertaining the Russell Westbrook discourse on this, even though he did come off the bench with the Lakers. I don't know if he's going to be in that conversation. Quickly should be one of the favorites, but I don't know if I would have him as the betting favorite, even with the stretch of games that he's played without Brunson recently. Um, And you mentioned Mitchell Robinson. That was huge. Getting him back in there, a defensive anchor. They were able to keep keep things up offensively in terms of offensive rebounding with either Hartenstein or Jericho Sims. There's a clear difference in the middle defensively for that group. So getting him back is big. I just want to get out of the first round. I'm not really too worried about <laughs> making grand statements beyond that. But, yeah, let's just get to the first round, hopefully in that 4-5 or five matchup, and see where we go from there. Yeah, that's what I think that they're they're going to end up doing this year. They're going to probably you know get that first-round victory. Might take a, a team six or seven games in the second round, but all by all accounts, it was a really good season. So um, Mitchell Robinson, though, five at uh double double in five of his last seven yeah. games i think he's just been tremendous not only you know being able to switch and and protect the rim but i mean he just makes he's just that difference maker so i would love mm-hmm. to see that his ascension come into that that echelon of all defensive you know team um consideration because i think he's certainly getting warranted for it um wanted to also chat about the western conference in general the nine between the nine and the 13 seed Two only two games separate those those seedings, so um, very tight race, which I think is good for fantasy purposes because usually around this time we already had the the delineation of all right, this team's just mailed it in, you yeah. know, the, the mm-hmm. Detroit Pistons, which we'll talk about, the San Antonio Spurs, but the Thunder are competitive, the Utah Jazz are competitive. Yeah. They're sitting here right with the Lakers, the Portland Trailblazers. It's a very interesting race, and the Clippers are just sliding down the opposite direction, and then the Grizzlies issues. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to actually make for some pretty exciting times for fantasy managers because maybe we won't see as much load management because these yeah. games actually matter now. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think the one concern you'd have to have would be Oklahoma City just because of their schedule this week. Um, yeah, They've got the second game of a back-to-back tonight in Phoenix. And they've got another road back-to-back Saturday and Sunday against the Pelicans and Spurs. So we've seen them play well without Shea Gilgis-Alexander. But if you have him rostered, you're talking about a top-five player who could be playing two games this week instead of four. Um, so uh, Or three max. Now he's already been ruled out for tonight. So that's a concern there. Their Week 21 schedules three without any back-to-back. So you're probably safe there, but... If you started your playoffs this week, it's kind of a tough, tough hit to take right there, I think. Yeah, that plus Jalen Williams being ruled out for a couple of games with Mm -hmm. his wrist injury. Um, This is going to be the Josh Giddy, um, Lou Dort, (laughs) I guess. Uh, Yeah, they're going to be definitely hurting for some people. But uh, Shea Gilsauzian has already been ruled out for for Wednesday's contest. So, you know, this is definitely something you're going to have to navigate. And it was already – Mentioned by by Mark Dagnall that they're going to be monitoring his minutes down the stretch. Mm-hmm. May not be resting altogether, but you know there could be some maintenance uh, ahead for for Shea just Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, but since we're talking about injuries, make sure you download the Roto World app to receive breaking player news all season long. Stay ahead of the competition by favoriting players on your roster. Get the latest injury updates, player news, and much more delivered right to your phone. It's available 
on the App Store today. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So we did have some other injuries to talk about. Robert Williams is dealing with a hamstring injury. What are your concerns about him for the rest of the fantasy playoffs? Because I definitely have some concerns just based on the standings of the Boston Celtics. They've lost a few games. Now the Bucs are kind of separating them at the one seed. And I think that they're going to need him in the playoffs. So what do you think that this means for fantasy managers? Yeah, it's a really bad deal. You know, if you've been around sports long enough, you know how tricky hamstring injuries can be. And at this point, they know they're going to the playoffs. There's a clear separation between the top three teams in the East and then everyone else. So at worst, if you're Boston, you're looking at a three seat if Philadelphia catches them. So I think they're more worried about making sure that that Robert Williams is healthy for the postseason, the actual postseason. And fantasy-wise, that's not a good, good situation to be in if you have him rostered. If you look ahead to week 21, they've got four games with a back-to-back so, and I don't know when he's going to be back. I don't think we've had a, an announced timeline there. So, mm-hmm. him and some of the other guys may end up getting those occasional rest days with an eye towards the actual playoffs. Yeah. That one's going to be tough. Um, I don't have too many shares of Robert Williams, but, you know, we're just going to have to keep him on IL and hope for him to come off. But, yeah. you know, the, the Celtics do play four games in week 21. I don't think he's going to be coming back that soon. So this is something you're going to have to monitor, unfortunately. Um, but wanted to also talk about the Warriors. Andrew Wiggins is still out for personal reasons. Steph Curry made his return. Are you concerned about Dante DiVincenzo going forward and any other players for the Wizards or for the Warriors? Maybe Jordan Poole. I think Dante is going to be fine. Um, basically be the type of player we kind of expected him to be all season long kind of that glue guy who can get you some miscellaneous stats across the board. I'm a bit more concerned about Jordan Poole um, because you look at his fantasy profile, I think he's got a lot in common with, say, an R.J. Barrett, where he's going to be out there playing a lot of minutes, but he isn't particularly efficient, and that really weighs down his fantasy value. Um, His shot selection at times can be infuriating and I'm just sitting on the couch watching. So I just imagine <laughs> what some of his teammates may think of the decisions because unlike a Steph Curry or a Clay Thompson, I don't really think he has that kind of equity in terms of take making those decisions. So he has to be rostered because of his role, but it's a situation where 
you either try to make up the field goal percentage and turnovers with other players, or you just take that hit. Yeah, his his production from a reserve role is just completely different for, as a yeah. starter. You know, he drops off considerably to fourteen point, almost fifteen points and five assists. Um, but the first two games back with Steph in the lineup, ten points, eleven points, a few boards, few assists. So, um, cut down on the turnovers at least in the t- in the short term. But you know, there's always that opportunity for him to just have those spike games of five that can really hurt you in fantasy. So, yeah, I, I do have a a bit of concern now that Jordan Poole is coming off the bench. If you were starting, I would feel a lot better about it. But yeah. it looks like Dante Divincenzo is going to continue to hold in that Wiggins spot in the lineup. So. I don't think that uh, Steve Kerr is going to shake that up, needs that defense out there um, and that playmaking ability that sometimes Jordan Poole can be a little bit erratic. And um, the Pistons, what's going on with them, man? Like, it's just, you know, so Hamadou Diallo is out for the season, unfortunately. I thought that he was going to be a really good player for fantasy managers, especially with their their schedule the next couple of weeks. Bojan Bogdanovic is dealing with Achilles injuries, but I don't know. He's a veteran. They're tanking. Mm -hmm. Makes a lot of sense for them not to play him right now. Um, so who is there, who is worth adding? I mean, James Wiseman has been stellar. Marvin Bagley as well. Like, are those the only two guys you can really rely on? I'm not dropping Jaden Ivey yet after, uh, you know, Burks has been out too. So I don't know. This There's just so much going on with this lineup. Can you trust anyone really? Not really. Um, Wiseman's still at 41% in Yahoo League, so – I think he's someone you can definitely go out and add since he's been starting for Jalen Duren. Um, Bagley's at about 59, 60%. So he'll be a little bit tougher to find. But I think besides those two, I don't really know if there's anyone else. Like we've, Rodney Magruder got a start the other night. Can't yeah. trust him. <laughs> RJ Hampton, can't trust him. Um, Isaiah Livers, I was, I was thinking about maybe. Isaiah Livers is one, maybe in like extremely deep leagues, you can take right. a flyer on with their schedule. But yeah. Yeah, unless it's one of the two bigs or Jaden Ivey who's already going to be rostered, I don't really think you can trust anyone fantasy-wise right now. Yeah, it's going to be tough. I, I would just stream it as you go. If you need somebody to get there on a slate that's not a big slate just to get some production, you know, look at the injury report and, and try to and try to see what matchup you can exploit there. For the Lakers, D'Lo is going to be coming back from his ankle injury, I believe, on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um what does that mean for Dennis Schroeder or maybe Austin Reeves, who I think has been, you know, a really good pickup? I think it's it means more for Schroeder than it does Reeves. I really think Schroeder has to be a starter in order for him to give you proper fantasy value. Uh, Reeves, we've seen him do good things, whether it's coming off the bench or starting. He's been coming off the bench recently, so I, I prefer Austin Reeves. I think once Russell is back, I would probably drop Schroeder personally. Yeah, Schroeder doesn't really actually do much, even though he's listed as a point guard. He's not really a point guard. Um, He doesn't really get much opportunities to score or to to facilitate. It's actually been Austin Reeves that's been the primary facilitator the last couple of games, eight dimes two games ago, seven dimes last night. Um, Just been phenomenal. And he's in the closing lineup. Dude's playing with swag, man. Like he had this one, you know, up and under finesse layup that was like beautiful on uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. last night. And, uh, yeah, I got to feel like Austin Austin Reeves is definitely going to have some staying power here. He he definitely looks like he's legit. AD last night, Darvin Ham called a wilt. That that, that was <laughs> – I don't know if I'm going to go wilt status, but it was definitely yeah. Shaq status, man, because he was all over the place. 30-20, mm-hmm. the blocks, man, he was just phenomenal. That's the AD 
when he was named to the top 75, that's the AD I was expecting to see. Yeah. He shows up every once in a while, but like, you know, with injuries and everything. But I, I think that, that that definitely cemented like that's that's the AD when he's at his best. Like that was crazy. Yeah. Agreed. So, yeah, I'm, uh, we talked about it last week, but I'm still doing this damn slow draft for fantasy baseball. It's insane, man. Like I'm in I think I'm in like the 26th round or something like that. Like it's yeah. I love fantasy, man, but like I shouldn't be drafting for three or four weeks now. Um yeah. But for anyone that needs to get any advice on fantasy baseball, what are you doing? Um, you need to go purchase the Roto World Baseball Draft Guide. Um, get all the player profiles, rankings, projections that you need for those drafts, whether they're fast or extremely slow, like our friend Dan is dealing with. <laughs> um, yeah, just go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash draft guide. Use the code PENNANT25. That's P-E-N-N-A-N-T 25 to save 25% at checkout. And one last add to the injury report. Zion Williamson is not close to returning. He's a drop now. It's, yeah. it's a wrap. Like, it's just not a, held on long enough. Not really going to help you right now. I think that means a lot more for the Herb Joneses, mm-hmm. Trey Murphy, the third. You know, I think he'll they'll definitely get some more run. Josh Richardson, potentially, if he can come back from his – We'll see how he looks in his in his return to the lineup, but he's been pretty good, at least streaming worthy. Um, but yeah, unfortunate for fantasy managers not to have Zion Williamson yeah. at this stretch of the season. Yeah, it's pretty much over. Um, so let's talk about this the rest of the schedule for week 20. I think top of mind is avoid the Minnesota Timberwolves. They only have one more game left. Not gonna get much out of, you know, Nas Reed. Mm-hmm. Um, I would still hold on to Kyle Anderson. Don't don't get crazy. Yeah. Um, because they do play four games the next week. Yeah. But um trying to think of who else was like a fringe guy that maybe you would pick up. Um, what are your thoughts on Mike Conley, actually, um, since coming over to the Minnesota Timberwolves? Is he a hold for you? Yeah, barely. But <laughs> he's he's a hold because he's going to start. Like there are times where he can be out there for about four or five minutes and not really be in any playmaking opportunities. But I think he's a hold. Um it's been interesting to see the impact that his arrivals had on Rudy Gobert. Yeah. Getting him to play better basketball. But right. Yeah. I think Conley, you hold on to him for now, um, especially as you mentioned, four game week next week. But he may be someone who's kind of a, a roster casualty later in fantasy playoff time, I think. Yeah. I think that that's fair. And uh, yeah, it has been better for Rudy Gobert. No surprise there that they actually get a true point guard, not D'Angelo Russell, um, who's always looking for his shot. But um, three teams that I think would be worthwhile to look at in terms of streaming for the rest of the week, the Nuggets, the Nets, and the – what was the other team I had there? Uh, Nuggets, Nets, and the Wizards. Um, because there's a 10-game slate on Saturday, and all three of those teams avoid that that slate. So um, Bruce Brown, 50% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, think he could definitely be an opportunity to pick up. DeLon Wright. I mean, he's just been absolutely amazing. Monty Morris is said to return. I don't think that that's going to impact him too much. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and then you also have Daniel Gafford, who's been yeah. solid, got the game-winning layup. Uh, was it last night or two nights last ago? Night. Yeah, last, last night. Last night, yeah. Um, Low-end double-double definitely gives you a block or two. So I think that those guys are definitely people you could target. From the Nets, it's a little tricky, though, because, I don't know, Jacques Vaughn's still trying to figure out this lineup. Royce O'Neal re-entered the picture, getting over 30 minutes in their last game yeah. um, last night. Um, is there anyone else that you think that you would consider from any of those teams or any other teams uh, that you're looking at in the remainder of the week? 
I think I'd steer clear of the Nets personally, just because of how fluid that situation's been on the wings. Um, yeah. And the guys that you'd probably target to pick up, they're already rostered in a lot of leagues anyway. You know, Royce O'Neal was was good for three-pointers earlier this season, but I don't know if I can trust him to get 30 to 30-plus 30 minutes per night moving forward, given the options that they have. So I think I would leave him alone. Uh, you mentioned DeLon, right? I think he's someone I would hold on to even after Morris returns. Yeah. He's going he's gonna to be effective for assists and steals, and those are categories that can be really important when you're talking about head-to-head leagues in a playoff matchup. So I would hold on to him. Um, Atlanta's also got three games the remainder of the week, but I don't know if I can trust anyone outside of a Kongu, and he's already rostering a lot of leagues. So we've seen Jalen Johnson pick up a few more minutes. Can't really go there with him or with A.J. Griffin, but I think one guy I would throw out there, Aaron Wiggins in Oklahoma City. Um, he started mm-hmm. last night. No Jalen Williams. He played well early this season when the Thunder were without Williams to start the year. He played a lot of minutes, I should say. So I could see him getting 32 minutes per game or so. And I think that's worth rolling the dice on. You have three more games this week. Yeah, he had 13 points, four dimes, and a couple of stocks. And uh, he's pretty good at getting steals. So yeah. um, I like that call. That's definitely a nice little deep a deep find there. Um, only 3% rostered in Yahoo leagues. Um, any concerns on the back-to-back schedule for the rest of the week here? We, we touched on Oklahoma city earlier. Um, not too concerned about the Knicks. The Pelicans are in desperation mode. So I'm not too concerned there either. Right. Maybe Miami. Um, but I think they're in a sense, they're in a better spot in Oklahoma city based on the standings, but that's another team where, they're going to have to play their big guns a lot of minutes as they try to get out of those playing spots. Yeah, speaking of playing spots, I don't know how to make that segue, but the <laughs> Players' Championship is going down. Don't miss Royal Roy, Rory McIlroy, John Ram, John Rom. God, I can't even say these people's yeah. names. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Justin Thomas says the best golfers in the world take on the 17th Island Green and go head-to-head at the Players' today through Sunday on NBC, Golf and peacock um so i won't be tuning into it but i'm sure you guys if you're really into golf this is what you should definitely be watching but we got fantasy basketball to worry about um so uh we were talking about several different players i want to throw out a couple other names um for this week specifically cam reddish we we talked about him i think he's Mm -hmm. definitely a person that you want to add um with the portland showblazers playing three games the rest of the way of this week Jalen McDaniels, want to get your thoughts on him. Um, since coming over to the Sixers, James Harden's been out of the lineup. Tobias Harris was hurt for a little bit. D'Anthony Melton's been kind of up and down, splitting with Tyrese Maxey. They flipped. Now Maxey's in the starting lineup. Mm-hmm. But I think Jalen McDaniels is actually kind of forming a role here in the rotation. Minutes over George Niang. He's going to be an important piece for the Sixers. Do you see him actually being fantasy viable, um, at least coming up? Because the Sixers are actually one of the better teams in Week 21 and Week 22 with four games. Each. I I think that's going to depend on the health of Tobias Harris and B.J. Tucker. Uh, they were both out the other night, so McDaniels got the start. I look at him as a streamer based on the role. Um, I don't know if he's someone that I would hold on to just because when everyone's healthy, it's been pretty tough for him to get, like, say, the 20 to 25 minutes. I think he would need to be relevant. So, yeah, I think he's a streamer at best for me personally. Okay. And uh, another name I want to throw out there, Jonathan Kaminga, 27% rostered. 
So Anthony Lamb was getting 20 minutes per night, but he was on a two-way contract, and that's yeah. since expired. He hit his max number of games at 50, so they got to give him a regular contract or he won't be able to suit up again. So mm-hmm. that actually, I think, opens up more opportunities for Kaminga, who balled out last night. And um, I think he's going to be a, a nice fixture of this defense because they're going to need someone with some versatility while Wiggins is out to be able to guard multiple positions, but also just get those hustle, those hustle plays and attack the rim. So um, I think Kaminga is actually going to have some staying power here um, for the, the next couple of weeks. Now the Warriors only play two games the rest of the week, but they do have four games next yeah. week and in week 22. So I think Kaminga is a person that you can get right now, very affordable, that can definitely help you in points, rebounds, and stocks. He did have five stocks a couple of nights ago, so um, don't sleep on Jonathan Kaminga. That's a good call there. Let's do some buy, so hold. Mo Wagner's been playing really well with Wendell Carter out. Do you think that Mo Wagner's a person you can trust going into week 21 and beyond? Huh, that's a good question. I think, um, if anything, with that four-game week coming up, it might be someone to look into um, because he was playing rotation minutes even when Wendell Carter was available. Orlando hasn't thrown in the towel in the season yet, nor should they, because they're pretty close. You know, yeah, they're, they're in there. Only a couple games back of that last playing spot, if I'm not mistaken. So four games next week. Um, they've got two more this week. So, yeah, I think if you have Mo, if Mo Wagner is available, I think he's worth the risk. I do too. Um, until we get some more clarity on the day-to-day situation of Carter, I think you got to keep rolling with Mo, and he's also producing in, in limited minutes too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that Mo is definitely a person that I would keep my eye on uh, going forward. What about Chris Dunn? You know, he's been a very a very interesting player because while Taylor Horton Tucker has been getting you know the, the starters minutes yeah. and playing all right, but he's a turnover machine. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris Dunn's been doing his thing. And, like, yeah. you know, he, he corrected his shot. He's been shooting very well from the perimeter. He can get downhill. But he's also doing, like, what I think people are expecting Dennis Smith Jr. to do, you know, five mm-hmm. rebounds, six assists, something like that, with also yeah. a couple of steals. Um, what are you doing with Chris Dunn? Do you think that he can hold on to his role in, in Utah? I think he can. The tough thing for fantasy managers is the schedule. You know, they play two more this week, but then you only have two games in week 21. I think that's the biggest issue for him because, like you mentioned, he does a good job running the team. They've given him more minutes just because he's not turning the ball over like Mm -hmm. THT does. So I think if if you've picked him up, you're in a difficult spot because he's clearly going to have value. It's just that are you going to be able to get enough out of him with only two games on that schedule next week. Yeah, speaking of two games, might as well mention it. The Knicks also play two games and the Hornets as well. So as I mentioned, Dennis Smith Jr., I think he's going to be a person that I don't know that he's a must roster um, going into next week if you need to get those additional production from you know other players. And the good thing about week 2021 20, is that it's pretty evenly distributed in terms of yeah. games played. There's not any big slates that are more than nine games. So you actually should be able to play most of the players that you pick up on the waivers, which is pretty rare. Um so that's just making it a little bit easier for fantasy managers. But, um, yeah, teams with four games, I um, think it definitely makes sense to uh, target the Suns, Bucks, Pistons, and Kings in the beginning of the week because they all play three games in four nights. Now, obviously, there's going to be some risk coming with the back-to-backs for the Suns and the Bucks with Giannis and, and Durant. 
I don't know that Booker's going to be managed. He hasn't really ever been load managed like that, but mm-hmm. I don't know, Chris Paul maybe. But I'll definitely be concerned if I have Kevin Durant and, and Giannis Antetokounmpo yeah. that they're going to take at least a game off. So just something to consider. Look for backups. You know, the, the Bucks pretty much had everyone resting yesterday against the Magic, mm-hmm. and Javon Carter went off. So that's a guy that I would certainly be paying attention to. If anyone's resting for the Bucks. he's a guy that always seems to always have a nice uptick in usage and performance mm-hmm. uh, whenever he gets more time. Uh, what are your thoughts on week 21? Yeah, I think San Antonio is a team that, that intrigues me too, just because they're well out of the playing picture. Um, they've had some guys miss significant amount of time due to injury. Like how much are we going to see of say a Devin Vassell or a Trey Jones or even a Kelvin Johnson? So I think as we mentioned last week to Charles Bassey was a guy to drop just because the Spurs only played two games this week. First one being on Friday Next week they've got four. So if you're in a, if you're in a league with daily lineups, I think I would pick up Charles Bassey now and just hold on to him for the next week and a half and see where that takes you. Yeah, I think that the the Spurs are becoming the Detroit Pistons. Where I was like, I don't. There's so many people and like everyone's in and out. And you're right. Like you know, Sohan missed last game with knee soreness. Um, you know, Malachi Branham's, you know, he's been in and out now that Vassell is back and, and Keldon Johnson. There's there's a lot of fluidity with this rotation and and what they're doing down the stretch here to kind of secure their their chances in in a, in a lottery ticket. Um but yeah, I, I do agree with Charles Bassey because I think it's those backups that might step into some additional minutes if uh some of these, you know, players that they don't want to risk injury to or just want to give more opportunity to. I think they want to see more out of Charles Bassey. He was with their G League affiliate for some time, but since he's been coming up, he's been playing really well along with uh with uh Jop as well. He was Bates Jop mm-hmm. was was also playing pretty well um for a couple of games there too. Yeah, the Spurs are definitely a, a weird team that I'm like, uh, I, I want to invest, but it's just like I just don't know who to invest in on a nightly basis. So just something you're gonna have to do, make sure you download the Roto World app again don't go to the other thing i just mentioned um to get your latest injury information um all right so to close out real quick just want to get your thoughts on yeah i mean is there anyone that just really piques your interest in terms of like i need to have this guy rostered for the this home stretch here for the fantasy playoffs it's so fluid man like i think it's hard to predict out you know two weeks but who's one guy that you're like yeah this i'm, I'm definitely picking up this guy yeah I really don't know. I, I would say DeLon, right? Like we mentioned him earlier. You know, regardless of where he is in the rotation, I think he's going to play enough to provide good value. So DeLon's going to be one. Um, just mentioned Charles Bassey. But, yeah, I think you're just kind of mining for, for reserves at this point because a lot of the other spots are really secure, I think, in terms of rotations. Yeah, mine would be definitely DeLon Wright. I, I agree with that because, I mean, he was a top 60 player even when he wasn't starting yeah. and uh, he has takes care of the ball huge for steals. You know, one of the best has one of the most, I think it's like top three in steals since the, mm-hmm. the uh, trade deadline. Um, so just a thief and, and just does it all. You know, <laughs> shoots well from the free throw line in the efficiency from the field goal. Percentage. Like there's nothing to not like about DeLon, right? Um, so I'm not worried about Monty Morris, especially as they're trying to make that playoff push. Um, I, I love Kaminga for, for the next couple of weeks as well as Dante DiVincenzo without having any any idea of what's going on with Andrew Wiggins. I think that those guys are going to have some some definitely some value uh, for the next couple of weeks. And then the Warriors in week 23 will only play three games. But, you know, at that point, you know, it's a free for all. So 
make sure you guys check back with us week 22 week 21 god i can't even all these, <laughs> i don't know man it's, this this has just been a hell of a week um week 21 we'll be back next wednesday 1 p.m eastern time make sure you hit us up on twitch for any questions you have we would love to answer them hit us up on twitter as well raf have a great week good luck to all of your lineups as you approach the fantasy playoffs and everyone else out there we'll see you next time peace Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.